For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car Pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is... This is... WFO Radio. Hey everybody, welcome back to WFO Radio. Joe Costello back in the house with big breaking news from the world of the National Hot Rod Association. If you don't know, you are about to find out. Tim Wilkerson is our guest. Before we get to Tim, I just want to thank the people who make it possible for me to cover the sport of NHRA drag racing. You already heard from FTI Performance, Total Seal Piston Rings, the folks at Foggett to protect your engine, Bernie Speed Shop, of course, and Phillips Connect. Without these people, these great companies supporting WFO Radio, I could not chase drivers around all day long and break big news like this. We'll tell you about Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. We'll tell you about Sam Tech a little bit later on in the show. And, of course, we'll tell you about Marvin Rodak. We'll tell you about all our sponsors. But right now, let's bring on the man who just broke big news, Mr. Tim Wilkerson, joining us now, Tim Big news just broke the press conference. That's why we're an hour later, because I was hosting the press conference. That's the uh, the getup. And uh, why don't you tell everybody what just went down? Well, thank you, Joe. And thanks for hosting this the press conference, too. You're, you're always great to have on because you're so knowledgeable about what we do and why we do it. So um, basically, uh, Tim Wilkerson and, and the Maynard Family Racing has joined together, and uh, we've uh, we've developed a, a new team, the Maynard Wilkerson racing team. And uh, Mr. Maynard had a longtime sponsor with, with Skag and, and they, well, they wanted a funny car. So uh, lucky enough to, uh, to be uh, at first just even uh, thought about for that position. And, and after I thought about it for a, a long time, to be real truthful with you. And we meet, we met with Randy from Skag and um, Joe and I had just multiple discussions about how we can make this work for, for Skag and for LRS and for Summit and Ford, everybody that's involved with my car. So, um, and, and finally, after a few months of, of uh, negotiating and talking and thinking, we have a brand new race team and everything's, everything's going to be cool. I'm very excited about it. Super excited. All right. We've got Joe Maynard down there in the ready room. Uh, we did have a little bit of an audio issue, but we're just going to take a leap of faith and bring on Joe, his first WFO appearance. Joe Maynard, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we got it going on. All right, NHRA fans, you got to share this one out there on your social media because this is where people are going to be able to hear uh, right from the two principals. Joe, you and I had a great conversation at the starting line. I don't know where it was, but you expressed at that moment uh, like a real connection to what Tim has done in the sport of drag racing. And here, not very long afterwards, uh, you're making a big move to help him go out there and win a championship. Talk a little bit about how it all came together. Yeah, I think, I think like you said, there's a, a natural affinity between Tim and I. Um, obviously, kind of in the same age group, that kind of makes it a little easier. But we both have a burning desire to succeed, and we both really came from fairly humble backgrounds. So it just fit. And the more he and I talked, the more we, and, and we never really talked business. We just talked about principles and theories and ethics and morality. And when the opportunity came up with SCAG, it's like, you know, Tim, are you interested? And I kind of heard that coming in. This is, this is what got us started. It's just personal friendship is really the truth. Wow. And Tim, from your side of it, when, uh, what was the first hint that this was something? Well, like, like Joe said, we we've, we've kind of talked about, you know, first off, our friendship 
was was what began all this talk at the beginning. And, you know, Joe was uh, he was doing some espionage work. He was spying on me through the year and paying attention to what we do and what we don't do. And he even told me that. So and uh, it's it was pretty interesting to tell you the truth, Joe. I, I've uh, I'm, I'm very proud of my accomplishments out here in drag racing and I couldn't do it without my guys and all the people that have worked for me and still work for me. I mean, they're they're the, they're what makes it happen. I'm not I'm just a little little cog in the wheel of this thing. And to be even considered for this group of, you know, Randy with Skag and, and the Joe Maynard racing team, I was that that thrilled, that thrilled me to death, tell you the truth. I and and when it when it seemed like it was going to accelerate into a real deal, I mean, I was I, I you can ask my wife, I was elated. I mean, we but my I talked to my wife about everything because she's my She's my calming voice. So she calls me the duck, by the way, that on the top, I'm just kind of cruising along nice and slow, but underneath my little feet are just going like that. <laughs> anyway, she says, she says, you know, you're, you, you got, you got the greatest instinct of anybody I know about, about programs and thoughts and, and people's, you know, you're a good people person, Tim. So if you think the Maynards are good people, then I'm, I'm going to go with your gut. And, and that's kind of what we did. I mean, mm -hmm. we're truthful with you. Yeah, it was all it was all gut. There's no doubt about it. it. It was a gut. I don't know. Just everything came together. Daniel being a part of it, uh, my son and Daniel not being very far apart in their ages. You know, th there's there's something we're building here that's legacy going forward. I think also. So uh, it's just I don't know. I'm just happy. Honestly, yeah. I'm just happy. Well, I'm happy too. I'm happy for and the, and the listeners out there and guys, everybody. Thank you very much for signing on. This is huge news. It just broke. It's great 2023 news. And everybody that wants to see Tim Wilkerson win a championship, we always knew he had a chance, but now he's got more of a chance because, Tim, you don't have to race scared. Talk a little bit about that quote, and it makes so much sense. And when you described having to run the final three races with a body and a chassis, you can't, you can't rival Robert Height, Ron Caps, and Matt Hagen being so cautious because you might not make it to the next race. Talk a little bit about that. Right. And that's, that's always been an issue. Um, you know, we, we do the best we can with what we have. And, uh, you know, Mr. Levi has taken really good care of us for the last 20 years, but the, the acceleration of the sport and the, the uh, cost to run it has, has outweighed all those commitments. So, and he knows that he's a great guy and him and I've talked about this in length. And, uh, when, when Mr. Maynard approached me about, Skag and, and the investment that they were willing to put in the sport to to uh, accelerate, you know, not only their exposure, but their actual commitment to NHRA drag racing with everything they're doing and that they would be interested in talking with me. Well, man, I was thrilled because, like you say, maybe now, you know, we can we'll have that extra motor, that extra press owner has that extra body, that extra car, all of that stuff that I that I never realized that. I can guarantee you, Joe, that my right foot's hooked in my pocketbook. No doubt about it. It always has been. And and I, I told Joe that at the beginning. Don't expect that to change right off the bat because it's instinctive. You know what I mean? It really is when you're driving down through there and you're feeling that thing lay over or hucky puck. I mean, Richard Hartman's told me that a few times that, man, I'm sure glad you were driving that thing, Will, because I'm sure we'd have had a, a pile of rubble without you driving it because most guys will just leg it, you know, but – I've been driving so long and I know when something goes wrong that whether I'm doing the right thing or not. So, but you know, anytime you have higher quality and higher quantity of race car parts, not going to be a bad thing for our race team. Joe. Not, nothing to add to that. I mean, the, the bottom line is, is um, I don't like to lose to be honest with you, but I don't drive anything nor tune anything. So I'm smart enough to know I'm neither of the above and I have to trust my partner and that's the key term in my partner, Tim, not not our driver. He's my partner. And I trust him for everything he says he's going to do. And that's the way it's been since essentially day one. Uh, our deal came together very quickly because it wasn't based on all the other stuff. It was two guys got together to go after some things. Uh, so, yeah, I won't ever tell Tim how to tune anything. That's for sure. Oh, it's so exciting. And uh, and I, I want to bring in randy glady from skag as far as uh conversation wise because here's the car everybody you've seen it a couple of times but just kind of focus in on that mr levi is still on board tim i know that was very important to you summit is still on board but this is a hot looking ride right there the skag ride is awesome it pops it's so great there's you and tony and the mowers tim and tony that's tnt 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's dynamite. Is yeah. what it's, it's dynamite. Yeah. It's a little pun that I just put together. Thanks. That's to good. TNT. Yeah. But Mr. Glady gave the just a great explanation of fresh eyes on the sport of drag racing in the press conference, and it heartened me. We we're inside it. You've been here for a long time, Tim. Like you show up at the track, you do your thing. It's kind of difficult to put yourself in the in the in the position of someone who isn't seeing it every week and the positive things that he had to say about the program blew my mind and it made me very excited about it just speak a little bit on that and then joe i want you to elaborate on how it all happened because it's rare that a sponsor is like yeah man we want to do something big and we want to do more and expands like that that was great stuff tim talk about uh, skag a little bit well you know, we we said in the press conference i I mean, I was amazed at Randy's outlook and his thought processes on how he viewed NHRA drag racing, right? So <clears throat> with that being said, you know, we, we had a lot of discussions on how I would be an asset or a liability. I mean, truthfully, we, we, we went through every possible scenario of liability to him. And, and, and I was completely honest with him about what I do and how I do it. And he was completely honest with me about what he expected. So with that being said, it really made me proud that in this, in the press conference, we just had how, how glad he was to have, you know, my team affiliated with Joe's and our partnership come together to make a Skag funny car. I mean, basically that's what we're doing. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm real excited about being involved with his distributors and his, his dealers and, and even his customers and his employees. So that's going to be a really neat scenario for me. Um, because first off, I'm, I like people, I'm a bullshitter and I, I love, I love to talk with people about stuff that I understand. <laughs> so, you know, and, and power equipment's right up my alley, right? I'm a motor guy. I've been a motor guy for my whole life. So I'm, I'm real excited about that part of it. And Randy was extremely gracious on how he portrayed me. And, and I appreciate that. I was amazing. Joe, talk a little bit about how it comes together when, you know, you, Tony is able to bring on a sponsor. You buy the team. If they grow, they, they want to do more. And then they come to you and say, we, we want to grow this thing as much mm -hmm. as is possible. Well, the, the, the deal is Tony worked the sponsorship package. And then when I met Randy, Randy and I had a whole lot in common as people. Again, it, it always comes down to the relationship to people. And what we were able to do is he was, uh, when Randy started bringing his people, uh, his dealers, his distributors to the races, the excitement, as, as he alluded to in the, in the previous call, uh, was palpable. So, but if, you know, you have one car and it goes out after a round or two, it's, it's, you know, what else do I do with my folks the rest of the time? So we got to talking about the funny car and how that having two different two different classes and all those things could help grow his our partnership and of course and grow the the uh, the event for each of all of his people. So uh, just over a course of maybe two months, uh, and that's when I was talking to Tim on the side. Certainly nothing was there was no flim flammery. Just say that. But, you know, we have a relationship. We sit across hospitality, Ron Caps. Ron was having a good run. So we were bringing the, the SCAG team, our partners, if you will, out to the line with them. And they started getting them behind Tim a little bit. And uh, it just start, it started clicking. And uh, what can we do and how long can we do it for? So just for the record, and I think everybody needs to know that the relationship with the SCAG Funny Car is also a three-year deal, as is the Dragster. So they, we, we really plan on competing for a good long time out here. Uh, and with a great, and I, again, I'm reluctant to use the term sponsor. I like partner. Uh, I, Randy and I agree. I, I'll run racing business. He'll run skag mowers and metal craft and Tim and Tony will drive cars. And that's a pretty great relationship. All right. Uh, Alan Reinhardt's coming up next. He uh, just texted me to ask uh, you guys this, talk a little bit about the collaboration between Tony's team and your team, Tim, he's got a great brain trust over there. Of course, Mike Neff has just spent the last several years tuning funny cars. He's over there on the dragster. Phil Schuler's over there. How closely are these two teams going to work together with information sharing and all of those things? Well, I think I have the availability to, to, to talk to him any day of the week. So that's to me is, a, is very exciting. I mean, I've already talked to Zippy and LJ about this and Zippy quite frankly said, he goes, Heck, your car runs as good as ours any day of the week. So, but if we could ever help you with anything, I'd be happy to, you know. Um, and so that that made, that made me excited. And like you say, 
Zippy came from DSR and JC, you know, and, and from JFR. So, you know, he, it's, Bob Tasca wasn't his first job of running a funny car, right? So he's won championships over at DSR and, and with the, you know, JFR. So he's a, he's going to be a good asset, good, uh, good thought process guy to me. We have Phil Schuler who that guy can run a small tire car to a pro mod car to, I mean, he's, if the trailer needs fixed, I'm pretty sure that Phil could fix it. So mm-hmm. that's to me is another good asset. And, and it kind of reminds me of my days when I started, I had Fred Mandolini and anybody who knows who Fred Mandolini is, he was an alcohol champion and Fred was the same way. He never overcomplicated how we, how you run these cars, basic, simple problems. And we solved them that way. And that's how my car always got better. He always used to say, Wilkerson, the reason your car runs like it does is because you worry about stuff that matters, not the stuff that don't. And we're not, we're not going to try to complicate my thoughts and my theories. Like Joe said, he's going to, he's allowing me free reign to do what I do. And, uh, but if I get myself stuck, I, it sounds like I got a really great uh, team beside me there that I could walk over and go, Hey, have you guys ever seen this? I got this thing, majig that the, whatchamacallit don't fit in anymore. And what that, you know what I mean, Joe? Sure. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. Excellent. Excellent. Joe, your uh, addition. Well, I, I think Tim hit it on the head. I mean, uh, a lot of questions were asked is, is when we brought in Mike and, uh, LJ, Little John, what we're going to do with Phil, for instance. And I thought everybody I've ever talked to, including Tim Wilkerson, said Phil makes stuff go fast. So we decided we need Phil on, on the club somewhere. And, you know, however that's going to work. But I think the brain trust with probably three to four of the best tuning crew chiefs that's ever been out there is uh, it's going to be amazing. And I don't think there'll be any bashfulness. And there's definitely no holdback between the two teams. Anybody sees anything is going to help. And if we need to rebuild a car, then – we got double the people to get over there and, and do it. So there's just a lot of things. And like Tim said, with the parts, with a great sponsor partner, and, and essentially we've got 16 people that can put hands on any machine if we need it to. I think it's going to be pretty neat for Mr. Wilkerson. That's what I think. I'm excited. Well, and yeah. Mr. Schumacher, too. So well, it's going to help both of us. Yeah. Exactly. And, and Joe, you have jumped in this sport, it seems – out of nowhere, but that's not necessarily the case. And your hands are on many different things behind the scenes. Uh, you, you're helping out some of the Lucas Oil Series guys. I know you got a good relationship or had a relationship or maybe still have a relationship with Wyatt Wagner and others. Mm-hmm. You you uh, and Kathy, let's always remember Kathy because she's the one that like loves this stuff to, to the end of the world. But where's the motivation coming from to help people? It's not all about being on TV, certainly. Uh, the competitive drive is there, but you are involved in drag racing, not just in the nitro ranks. Uh, to be honest with you, we're horsepower snobs, Kathy and I. So I have a, I have a one or two cars, seven or eight hundred horsepower cars at home. But boy, this eleven thousand is just so much more fun. So that's that's what that's that's what got us involved in it. But uh, I think, like I said before, it's the legacy. It's not just my legacy or Kathy's, but it's a legacy of winning teams, of of growth for young drivers. I mean, the two young drivers, White Wagner and Kaylee Hill, she's moving into top dragster this year that we support. We've got some other things we'll be announcing in a few weeks. Is that uh, is the idea is to find the people to replace the Tim Wilkerson's, the Tony Schumachers, and help keep NHRA alive? Because you know, it, it like my industry, there's a whole lot of difference between the the new guys and the Tim Wilkerson's. Maybe 20, 30 years, same as the industry I just kind of got out of. It's about a 30 year dearth of experience in there. So we want to try to fill that gap in and keep the NHRA as strong as we can see it and have opportunities for all the Wilkerson's. And if there's a little Schumacher or a little Maynard comes along that we can do something with it. That's exciting. All right, Tim. So there's a couple of questions that people are asking in the chat section. And I appreciate everybody out there who's in the chat section and subscribing. And we're going to have a whole year WFO just like this guys. So stay on board with us, subscribe, click that bell and, uh, and be ready for more. But, the Tony Schumacher, Tim Wilkerson driver swap has already been discussed. Is yeah. that a possibility? Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I don't know if I, we used to say you can get a young girl out of the stands to drive a top fuel car, but we, I can't really <laughs> say that now. Can you? No, I, I think Tony would love to drive my car. He already said that one time, but you never know. We might let him step in there and see what it looks like, but you know, behind a real race car. So, but <laughs> he's a, Tony and I have already, we've always bantered about that because I know he's a, and he, but you know, being an eight-time champion, how can you? You can't say anything bad about Tony. He's a great guy, and he knows what he's up to, and he's really good at it. So this uh, this new team that he's putting together, that Joe that Joe put together for him, I'm like I told you on the press conference, I'm very excited to see how that goes. But uh, I don't know. 
I don't think you'll ever have to worry about seeing me in a dragster. All right. All right. Uh, how about the Mission Too Fast, Too Tasty news that was released last week where there is going to be extra money and racing on Saturday, not to mention Camping World Series championship points after the cutoff. Like that is a huge, huge change. People are buzzing about it. We haven't really spoken in depth on WFO. You're the first person to really get to comment on our NHRA shows, Tim. Uh, what was your take on that? And you've got to be super excited to have a little extra funds to go after that. All you got to do is make the semis, yep. Gator Nationals, and you get to rerun your opponent regardless. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? I'm I'm a I'm a I'm not a two race weekend kind of guy. I'm an old guy that thinks that we need to be doing this one weekend at a time. But it, it will it doesn't bother me at all. To tell you the truth, I like the four wide. That's a that's kind of a weird scenario, right? And uh, but. I'm kind of excited to see how this goes, if people are truthful with you. And I don't, I really didn't investigate that well. So, Joe, you're going to, you need to educate me a little bit about that. Is this, we actually run the same person over again in the semis for money? Is that the way that works? Yeah. What I understand. Yeah. Well, that'd so, be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just more testing, Tim. That's why I look at it. That's right. Well, it, I have a, a lot of people tell me, you used to tell me this all the time, Joe, that, uh, you know, how come you did that on Saturday? And Saturday has always been my test day. Because I mean, I don't, I don't stay there and test. I don't, could never afford that. Well, now that's something else that we can afford to do if we really want to. So, but you know, I really don't see the sense in testing things when all I'm doing is testing my patients. Winning the Monday Nationals to me doesn't mean anything. But um, I, I have always used Saturday to do that kind of thing. To you know, we'll try a different blower, or we'll try a different clutch disc, or we'll try a different clutch lever, or we'll try a different flow, or you know, we'll always do something queer that makes that work good, right? So. I'm, I'm excited to do that. And, but if I get to race somebody else for some bucks, I'm cool with that. Dude. We can and use the money. Bucks well, and points. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. points and points. And so let's focus in on the championship, Tim. And I don't want to make this like, uh, you know, LeBron James going to the Miami Heat and you're going to win seven championships and put all that extra pressure on you. But you know, you know yeah. that the fans out there that love you, love you like crazy. Yeah. They want to see you win one, not just your fans, like the other drivers, but they're not going to lay down for it to happen. No, it's got to happen naturally. But now you have got, well, you tell me, do you have everything you need? Do you have everything you need to go out this year and compete and contend for a world championship? You know, if the breaks come your way. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, way to go though, Joe, you just, now I'm an inch and a half shorter. The pressure you just put on my shoulders. Thanks a lot. I tried to ease it up a little bit. <laughs> you than me. Yeah. I'm going to be Joe's size here before we get done. If you're not careful, but hey, no, no we're, uh, we are, we're very excited about that part of it. You're absolutely right there. There's a, uh, I hate to use the, the phrase, no excuses. It's, it, but that's the way it is. You know what I mean? Uh, we're, uh, we're going to do the best we can. And, and, uh, uh, have a lot of ideas and in with LJ and, and Zippy and Schuler, I'm going to spit them out with those guys when the time comes and, uh, and you know, they need to run their own car. They need to run. They got their own problems and their own situations. And, you know, they got Tony Schumacher who's been an eight time champion. They got to deal with him too. Right. They got, he's, he's expecting more every, every day. So, and I don't blame him, but uh, I, I think the opportunity is there for us. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm a little afraid that I'm going to lose any of my other outside help, but uh, hopefully I don't there because like I told you before, if I ever have a problem, if I have a broken part, I can walk into any crew chief and we could talk about it. And it's the same deal with them. They, I've talked to a lot of crew chiefs over the years and uh, we, we all come to the common ground that what's best for the sport is for the cars not to be blown up and for all of us to go down the racetrack and not oil the track. And uh, so we all help each other with that all the time. I mean, even the smart ones I've, I talked to Grubby a lot and, and Brian Karate and, and like I say, Jimmy and Guido and you know, all those guys. We talk a lot about just a little crap that you wouldn't think made any difference. But, you know, why, why does the tire do this? And why does it have you broken this exhaust rocker? Have you seen this in a push rod? Have you I mean, all them guys are really sweet to talk to me. And I hope that doesn't screw up that relationship. But I don't think it will. I don't think so either. I, OK, Daniel is going to continue to tune Chad Green. Chad Green is planning on running a full season. Yeah. There's that family relationship, and you've been helping out Chad. Does that change at all? Is there any? Are they going to pit next to you? How's that going to work? We're going to try to keep them as close to us as, as we can. Joe was fine with that. Um, we had that talk earlier that I didn't want to, you know, kick them guys to the curb. And, and Joe said, no, I really don't want that to happen because 
Joe's into driver development, like he said, and he's into making everybody's car run good and making it competitive. You know, the, the best show we can have is to have 16 competitive cars out there, not just four, you know, so, so we're trying to, and that was my goal immediately with helping anybody that I help is it helps the whole show, Joe, right? I mean, if I can keep Bob Bodie's car in, in one piece and make it go down the track, the whole show improves. So, and Chad really, he just drove my car testing a few years in a row and he decided just like Joe said, 11,000 horsepower is sure cooler than my pro mod car. So we're, we're excited to have Chad on board and, and really we get some information from that. So that's not a, that's not run for, for not. And we actually get a lot of feedback from Daniel and, uh, and, you know, I've even talked to Phil Schuler already about, Oh, he said, Oh hell, I'll help Daniel. We'll, we'll, we can, we can really learn how to do some stuff together. Mm -hmm. So, and Joe was good with that. So we, it was pretty exciting. Really. I'm, I'm really optimistic about, about all the things that we're going to get to do this year. I am. I'm, I'm just love hearing this and I know everybody is, and it's like, uh, it's so good for the whole sport to have Joe, you like make it a mission to cultivate the next generation and yeah. your own son who I, you know, I clown around with on the starting line when, when you weren't there, we had a great time. No offense, but he was like, Hey, I'm the Joe Maynard that's here this weekend. So if you need an interview, <laughs> like I'm coming to you, Joe, be ready. So, uh, it, it's just great stuff. Guys, is there anything that you haven't been asked either in the press conference or here on WFO that you think is important that people need to know or should understand about this relationship and about what we got going here in NHRA 2023? I'll let uh, I'll let Joe Maynard go first and you know, feel free to just address the audience. And I don't think there's anything new, but I do want to reiterate how personally happy I am that Tim decided to partner up with us. And I had to sell him a little. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to deny that. But I also know that I, I feel in my heart and Kathy feels it in hers. And I and I know both Daniel, Tim, Krista, all of them. We feel like this is this is really something that was meant to happen. And we're really looking forward to 2023 and uh, making a splash. Excellent. Excellent. Gator Nationals coming up real soon. Tim, what about you? Same question. Anything that needs to be addressed? I see people asking about manufacturers and stuff in the chat section. Is there anything you want to say or that wasn't asked that should have been asked or you feel needs to be put out on the table as we uh, move forward from this big breaking news announcement? No, I don't think so. Joe, Joe uh, his uh, compliments are are over the top. I appreciate that more than he knows. It's a uh, it's a tough business. There's no doubt about it. There's a, a lot of uh, good cars out there, and and I'm proud to be involved in with Joe and his and his wife. It's uh, it was really an honor to be even suggested to pick be picked for this deal. But uh, and like Joe said, we we have a legacy we're trying to put together, and uh, we we may have some more neat news later on in the year. We'll see how things are going. We may have another team. We may you never know. Joe's a man. He's a I tell you one thing. He's a go getter. That's I'm going to give him that right off the bat. He is. He is you never know what he's going to call and tell you the next day. And, and it's always positive stuff. It's not negative stuff. It's not, no, Tim, you didn't do this right. You didn't do that right. It's this is what we're going to do tomorrow. You know what we're going to do the next day? This is what we're going to do the next day. So I think it's, I think it's pretty exciting. And, and uh, to me, you know, it's a good, it's a good thing to, you know, have a guy that's got positive attitude and, and is good for the sport like Joe and Randy both really neat things that Randy said. So I'm, I'm excited about the whole thing. And, I don't really think there's anything else people need to know. People know me. They've known me for a long time and uh, they're going to get to know Joe better every year. And, uh, and his commitment is second to none. Joe, we're not going to get to know you better every, every year. I'm pretty private, Joe. So oh, you'll have to really go. We're going to pull it out of you. Uh, Derek is out there, says Caps is already tweeting about Timmy the Tiger. We got yeah. Tommy the Tiger and Timmy the Tiger, TNT, Dynamite. We're already having rapid fire fun with this team, and it's been in existence for about 45 minutes. That's yeah, that dang Caps. We're going we're, we're gonna to hog tie Caps in his trailer or something, I think. He's, oh, that he would was, be fun. You and I. You, yeah. you and I. I'm getting with him in just a minute. Say, what He's honoring you. I'll do the play-by-play, -play, guys. There you I, go. I, I'm not going to get out of the car and roar. I can tell you that right now. I, I agree. Unless, <laughs> unless Randy Glady asks you to, and then you should do it. Uh, oh. Good answer. Tim, Joe, thank you very much. Thank you for making WFO Radio your first stop after this tremendous announcement. I am thank so you. excited. You know, we're all fans of drag racing in the end, right? Running businesses, doing stuff, but we love the sport, and you guys just made it better and made it more exciting and probably sold a bunch of tickets to the Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. So thank you for that. We'll see you there. And thank you for sharing your story on WFO. Thank Thanks, you. Phil. Anytime.
Later, Joe. Yeah, Joe Maynard back on WFO at some point real soon. Later. There. there goes Joe. There goes Tim. How about that, everybody? Big breaking news. WFO Radio. Hopefully you subscribe. Click the bell. Join us on the show. We got Alan Reinhardt going to be up seconds from now. We just got to get him in position. But I want to hear your comments and your reactions to everything that went down. And I want to thank these people. Without FTI performance, without Foggett, for your high-performance racing engine or firearms, without Bernie Speed Shop, without Phillips Connect, without Total Seal Piston Rings, I am unable to do shows like this. So when you need them, remember them. And if you want to drive a dragster, go to Frank Hawley. If you want some amazing coffee, call Marvin Rodak, 817-924-6821, and samtech.edu for the next generation of machinists. Tim, just talking about machinists. It is amazing stuff. We thank our great sponsors. And look who's here, the voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, to break down what we just witnessed. Alan, huge news in the world of NHRA drag racing. Yeah, and how about the fact that you caught it instead of, you know, like, it always, oh, look, 10 minutes after we're off the air, here's the press conference. But exactly. no, that's, you know, that's it's something that had been, you know, kind of rumored uh, and talked about inside for a while. It's great that it's official now. Um, you know, with Tim Wilkerson going to be able to have some extra budget, have some extra wiggle room out there to go and lean on stuff, I think is great. Uh, anything that Joe and Kathy Maynard get involved in has always been first class. So great to have them expanding as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, looking forward to seeing it all come together. I do think the one thing that Tim said, though, that uh, that really rings true is that I think it's going to take him a little time to get out of the conservative mindset that he's had for so many years. Um, but I also think, you know, if he, if he spends a little time talking to, to Mike and talking to John and talking to Phil, that they're going to kind of nudge him, um, to get, you know, a little bit more aggressive here and there. So, uh, I, I look forward to him going out there and uh, being even more competitive than he already was. And he was pretty hard out as it was. Tim has been able to throw down when he wants to. We learned last year, you know, Clay Milliken put words to it, right? Like parts make a difference. Round cylinders make a difference. When you've got fresh stuff, you can just go faster. It's as simple as that. And an influx of financial resources, uh, it puts Tim in there with the caps and the heights and the forces and the Hagens. I don't want to not say anybody. Obviously, the Coletta team's got big money to to buy whatever they need. And Tim, it's it's a miracle he's been able to hang in and hang as tough as he has r racing. You know, he called it racing scared when you're worried about like getting to the next race. If you blow up all your stuff, you can't even make it, let alone uh, compete. And so now he's going to have to shed that and it'll be interesting to watch him do it. Yeah. And again, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I don't think he's going to go to Gainesville with a bonsai attitude, but uh, I do think that he'll get more comfortable as he goes on. And, you know, just knowing that you have a backup plan just knowing that you've got spare stuff under the bench if you need it uh gives you a little bit more freedom and again tim tim's never going to be the guy that goes out there and goes well this might work or we might put the body in the stands let's try it three times in a row he's just not that guy but i do believe that uh, that he's going to go out there and be able to get a little bit more aggressive and you know not have to drive like you know his wallets between his foot and the gas pedal all the time his wallet is between his foot and the gas pedal. That's what he said it. And here's the team, the dynamic duo, Tony and Timmy, the Tigers, TNT. We're having a lot of fun with it, but it is a good looking car. Roger Richards even said very photogenic. And Randy Glady, the CEO of Skag Power Equipment, was just super excited. They can, uh, you know, really go after it with this uh, paint scheme. And I feel like everybody is going to be on board with uh, with Tim this year. That's a good looking hot rod. Yeah, it really is. And I also like the fact that it's still got the LRS logo on the side of it. I know, uh, you know, talking to Tim a little bit last year, he was talking to Dick Levi and, you know, how much he wanted to be involved and would he st still be involved and would he still be part of it. And I just think that's terrific. You know, the relationship those guys have had for so many years. I'm glad that there's still room uh, for Dick Levi to be a part of it. And Tim just sent me a text message. Don't 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 tune out yet just just yet because there's a surprise behind me that you can't see. I kept figuring if I wasn't sitting in the chair, Joe might come to me and we'd all see it, but you didn't do it. So, what, well, you were off the thing. What do you mean? What, what, wait, wait, I'm, I'm lost. What, say again. What, what are you doing? Well, I mean, I don't want to start any rumors or anything, but I'm you know, good. you guys all get used to seeing the Barracuda behind me, right? Yes. 
Oh, there's the engine that you got in this supercharger with an injector. I wish I had a zoom. I could, there's a Hemi. What are you doing, Alan Reinhardt? It's an iron 426 Hemi. Oh, my gosh. I'm not I, saying it's going in the car. I'm just saying it's sitting in my shop right now. Yeah. See it right there? Isn't that, isn't that a good-looking engine? Yes, <clears throat> it is. Well, we all think it should go in the car. I mean, what are you talking about? It's like we're voting. Like, what does everybody think? Should the does the Hemi with the supercharger go in the hood, uh, go in the car, and then Alan cuts the hood and he's driving around with that? What do you think? Put it in the chat section. Put it on YouTube in the comment section. What do you think? We'll see what they say, Alan. You don't have to listen to them. Well, we'll see. My chair is sinking, so I gotta. I have that problem on a regular basis. Make an adjustment here. All right, so let's talk other news, though. Right, like the exciting NHRA news is uh is gaining momentum and it really started last week with the mission foods too fast too tasty challenge they did wait for us to get off the air to announce that one uh that was kind of interesting right like they're off the air release the news but this has been another one that has been floating about and now we can talk about it racing on saturday real racing on saturday consequential racing on Saturday, not just racing for money in all four Camping World Series categories, but racing for Camping World Series points after the cutoff, as I understand it. To me, that is massive. What's your take? I think it's a terrific program. I think that, you know, as Tim mentioned, Saturday for a number of the teams, it turned out to be, you know, a little bit of a test session. You know, how many times have we seen if the weather on Friday, especially Friday evening, is conducive, that you know that basically, you know, most of the field is set. If you're solidly in the field, you come out Saturday. And how often do we see in that Saturday morning session, uh, basically, sometimes more tire smoke than we even see cars going down the racetrack. But I think this now is going to be an incentive, especially, you know, well, certainly for those cars uh, to come out and get after it again, because anytime you put a little extra cheese out there on the end of the stick, or there's an opportunity to stock your camping world bank account with a few more points, they're going to be a little bit more serious than, hey, let's just see if this clutch package will work. And if it doesn't, who cares? Because we already know we're qualified third. Exactly. Everybody says you should put the Hemi in. They all love the <laughs> Hemi, except for Jim Essex, who has a really good answer. He's like kind of severe to replace a bad water pump. Right, Alan? Like you just had a water pump uh, problem. Like you, uh, you could have just fixed the water pump, but I guess you couldn't get one, you know, supply chain. There was a Hemi sitting around. And so you got that instead. Well, I did fix the water pump. If the car still has a 440 in it, there's going to be a lot happens to the car before it gets whatever the final power plant is. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just saying there's a Hemi in my shop. I didn't say that it belongs to the car. I didn't say that it's going in the car. There just happens to be a supercharged Hemi in my shop right now. I love the way Alan has positioned the Hemi perfectly behind his head. So you cannot see it unless he moves a little. And Purely coincidence. Yeah, so you say. I don't know. I think you set up that camera shot for like an hour. You did a great job, if that is in fact the case. All right, let's talk some other news. Uh, too fast, too tasty. I just want to reiterate what you said. I'm excited about it. Let's see how it works. Uh, I don't know if people realize how consequential it is. We had a funny car world championship come down to single digit points. Mm -hmm. If you can string together some semifinals and then string together some challenge wins, you are earning more than single digit points. And that can make all the difference in the world. We might go back at the end of a season and say, wow, the challenge that happened in Phoenix at the final race at Wild Horse Pass are the points that made the difference. Like that's going to be amazing and interesting to keep track of. And hopefully everybody loves it. Uh, my, my take is that it's great for gambling because we're going to know who's going to race for a long time. And look, if it's Wilk versus caps and they're going to race, it's a rematch Wilk versus caps. We could talk about Wilk versus caps, Alan Wilk and caps this weekend, you know, they're uh, three and four and, you know, break down the stats. For the people that think that gambling on NHRA at some point through these mobile applications, um, you know, like Caesars has been posting our odds over the past couple of races last year, that could be something huge. Whereas a normal event, it goes by so rapidly, like after first round, it's very hard to keep up with the new matchups and post odds and all that. Whereas this will have a full week at least to discuss those matchups. And I think like of all the stuff that I thought about, that is the one that opens up a lot of potential for something bigger. 
Well, yeah, it's, it certainly does. But, I, you know, I look at it, um, the, one of the first things I saw, I thought when I was reading through this is that it's a bonus round. You know, if you win whatever race it is, okay, you get the points, you get your stuff, you get, you know, you got the most points because you won the race, but now you got an opportunity to add to that. So if you at least make it to the semifinals, even if you end up coming up a little bit short at Gainesville, you're still going to be involved in the bonus round when you get to Phoenix because you've got an opportunity to come back, either tack on some more points if you won the thing, or maybe minimize the damage a little bit if you lost in the semifinals, you can come back and, and try to make some ground in Phoenix and make up for some of what you lost uh, the race before. So I think it's a terrific program. I don't see any downside whatsoever. Uh, I do think that the mission people should uh, should make sure that there's chips and queso in the announcer booth uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. If you want coverage from the announcers, uh, feed them. I mean, it's, it's like that's not breaking news, right? Everybody knows that. Audio advertising <laughs> 101, guys. Come on. When we're happy to test the product. And, uh, you know, last year, like, look at all the, the market research that we did for the tequila companies and everybody who wants to, uh, you know, I'll sit on a skag mower, I'll look at it, I'll enjoy it, it'll be great. Stan does have a question, though, that everybody has asked, well, what if one of the semifinalists doesn't make the trip? First of all, this incentivizes them because they're going to be in a bonus race that could pay money, that pays money. So I think they're incentivized. It definitely helps them get there. But if they didn't... Um, I understand from uh, Phil Burgess through Josh Peterson or, or vice versa that the quickest second round loser from the previous event will be sought out and inserted into the too fast, too tasty challenge. That's as I have heard it. Uh, have you heard anything different? I have not heard anything different. So let's go with you on that. Okay. Yes. The quickest second <clears throat> round loser from the previous race will then be inserted. And well, what if they're not there? And then they'll go to the next person. Well, what if they don't want to do it? Well, they don't, then they'll go to Who the next person. Who would not person. want to do it? Well, this is who's not going to go after they make the too fast, too tasty challenge, right? Like uh, we're, I just want to satiate the listeners out there who are trying to find the, uh, you know, the chigger in the wood pile. <laughs> like what is, what is going to be the card that pulls this thing and causes the house of cards to go down? The answer is nothing. We will have no buy runs in the too fast, too tasty challenge. Um, I want to ask you about Sidney Shaw. I thought that was an interesting news. There's a story on NHRA.com. Uh, Terry Haddock can help out. Uh, Mark Sherrick, a Lucas Oil Series racer, was on NHRA.com. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about it. But Sidney Shaw, like, what a look, right? She's got half red and half black hair. And, like, she's going to be very photogenic and cameragenic. And I know we have a lot of fresh young faces coming into the sport. I wanted to talk about her a little bit here on WFO because I think anytime you've got new fresh faces coming in, uh, it's a good thing. Well, it certainly is. And as you mentioned, you know, she's she's got a great look. Uh, I don't know what her social media following and that kind of thing is, but I, I got to believe that there will be a lot of young NHRA fans that are going to be drawn to her simply because of that. You look at, you know, and I don't mean, I don't mean any disrespect, but not a lot of, you know, teenager or or early 20-year-old somethings are going to come in and go, okay, well, I've decided that, you know, my guy's going to be Alan Reinhardt because, you know, he's an old, fat, ugly, bald guy. But if you've got somebody that's young and that's got the look and that's got a little swagger, then I think that's somebody that you're obviously, uh, you know, going to give an extra look to. And hopefully they become a fan and hopefully they continue to follow the sport. Now, the one thing I'm not sure, and maybe I just missed it, but I don't think that they've got their entire schedule kind of mapped out yet. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many races, where they go um, and what they do leading up to, to, you know, just try to generate a little extra, a little extra excitement, a little extra publicity when they're coming in. But uh, from everything I've seen uh, that, that yeah, young lady really looks like uh, she understands what she needs to do in order to drive, you know, fans in order to, uh, to be successful. So I think it's great. Bring them on. Top Fuel 173 says, well, that Ricky Smith didn't run the D-Wagon shootout. And yeah, that's true. Um, <clears throat> hashtag because Ricky, but also who I love, by the way, and I was in the middle of that whole thing and it was crazy and chaotic, but his reasoning was very legitimate. It wasn't that he didn't feel like it. He didn't like that they changed the rules on the fly, uh, you know, at the race. He uh, felt like it was principle 
that when you show up at the race, you have a given set of rules that you know what they are and you don't change them. That was what Ricky said about it. And in the moment, you know, like those, they couldn't get together on it. And that was it. That is not what we're dealing with here. That is a totally different situation. So I think that's kind of a terrible comparison, but that's just me. Yeah, that's not apples to apples at all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Um, Lauren says, I can't wait to see uh, what Sidney Shaw does. That's super cool. There's a perfect example. People want to see. Uh, you know, new fresh faces enter our sport. Kind of had a run of good news. Let's uh, let's break that up. Eliminating blinders in stock and super stock. This is something that very few people will understand what we're talking about. Let's educate them a little bit, but it is in the rule book and it has caught the internet on fire amongst the Lucas Oil Series racers that use them. What do you think about this, Alan? Why why uh, why do this? Well, you know, the whole the whole subject is about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing depends on who you ask. Um, my personal feeling is that no, that's not that's not exactly right. You got to have a corner out of it. Oh, okay. That's uh, there you go. I can't because you got to be able to see that bottom amber. Uh, my personal feeling is that if it hadn't gotten to the point where it was, yeah, maybe. Um, that NHRA wouldn't have felt a need to act. But I know that there have been a couple of incidences where there was either an issue in the pits uh, when somebody was driving around with their blinders down and just simply ran over something or almost ran over something that they didn't see. And I also know that there have been a couple of instances where a car's on the starting line and the starter's trying to get their attention and he gets up in front of the windshield and he's doing this and the guy can't see him because he's got a whole world blocked out except for this. And I, my personal feeling is that that is kind of the root of this. You know, if you wanted to put a little matchbook up on the corner of your deal, so you're only, you know, blocking out a couple of bulbs, I don't think it would have ever been an issue. But you know, you see some of those cars in the staging lanes, and they basically have the windshield blocked off. And that's where I think NHRA said, instead of going, okay, you know, this, this, they just went, done, get rid of them all, and... Uh, you know, the guys and gals that use them are certainly going to have to make adjustments, but there are plenty of people who had plenty of success out there without using blinders. You know, I'm talking to you, Justin Lamb and Brad Burton and others, that I think, you know, it certainly can be done. Um, so, you know, there are some drivers that are going to have to make an adjustment. But, and again, I, my personal feeling is that it was allowed and then some of the racers just got so carried away that somebody finally had to say, that's it. We're done. Yeah. That's racers. I got to say that's uh that's kind of how the, that's, that's racers watching the, uh, the chat go crazy on Facebook. For those of you who don't follow a bunch of Lucas oil series racers and bracket racers, I'll just tell you how it went. It was just a very long hundreds and hundreds of comments, but for every racer that was against it, there's somebody out there going like this. They were very excited about it, just, uh, you know, preference and learning to drive in a certain way. And now you have to readapt and uh, that'll be that the rules makers get in on it. And it is, it is what it is. Vance and Hines, Gage Herrera. What was the worst kept secret <laughs> over the past couple of months, Alan? This, this is in the mix for it. I think I'm excited about Gage was out there a lot last year. Was it maybe most of last year? You talked about it, right? Just making laps on a bike that was slightly underpowered to on purpose, not trying to race and win, trying to learn the craft of pro stock motorcycle racing all along. And now he has been announced as Eddie Cray Craywick's teammate. Well, it's a matter of getting reps. You know, if if you can handle a bike that's a little down on power, but if you've got all your procedures right, if you've got if you do everything right, then when you get into a position where you've got enough power to win, you don't have to learn that part of it. You just get in and go. And I don't know that there's ever been a better example of that in NHRA than Erica. You know, the number of years when she was driving cars that had zero chance of winning, oftentimes cars that had very little chance of qualifying, but she was out there every week and she's working on her craft. She's making sure she hits her shift point. She's making sure she's on the tree. She's making sure that she keeps the car in the groove. She, she is practicing the reps so that when she had an opportunity to get into a car that had enough power to be competitive, she was competitive. She didn't have to then how to learn how to race and how to, because, uh, you know, so much of it is about, is about just getting reps. Simple as that. 
you, you do it muscle memory over and over and over again. I think gauge is going to be very interesting. And I only had a couple of quick conversations, so it'll be all new, uh, more news, right? More news. Look at this. We've got, uh, Scotland, Georgia checking in. Congrats to Tim on his new sponsorship as everybody figures it out. Uh, let's see. Uh, I know five races for Krista Baldwin, but I would love to know where she is going to be racing. Uh, please have her on the show. Yes. Krista is a regular on WFO and I, I don't think that will be too difficult. Mike Hyatt wants to know if Alex Laughlin is bringing a ton of money to Jim Dunn racing this year. Well, he's bringing some, I don't know how much it is. That's the Haviland sponsorship, but everybody is very excited about that one. We can't talk about it too much. Well, and I think that's kind of the same position as Joe and Kathy Maynard coming on board with Tim. Um, you know, having some extra income allows you to be a little bit more aggressive with the tune-up. And Jim Dunn has been able to find sponsors. John Dunn has been able to find sponsors, find money, and be able to keep the program afloat. But they've never really had a big budget that they could go out and get after and chase it. I have no idea what the numbers are, and I'm not even going to pretend to make a guess. But anything that is more allows you buy better parts, be a little bit more aggressive, you know, maybe cycle stuff out a little bit on a shorter basis so that you don't have to be so conservative getting out there running a car. And there's no downside. I have never in all my years been around every form of racing, never in the history of the world has somebody said, boy, if I just had a smaller budget, I'd be better off. Exactly. And we just learned a lot about that. Uh, I was listening to, you know, to Clay on Brian's podcast and and then Tim just said the same thing. It's uh, to be in the highest echelon of notice. I didn't say tier. I said echelon of competition. <laughs> you've got to use your parts the way that those guys do. Like if I'm running my stuff 15 runs and you're running it five runs, if everything else is equal for those extra runs, uh, it's, there's going to be a competitive disadvantage. And so more money means better performance, on, like, even if you're irresponsible with it. Well, you look at what Torrance did, and they, they really laid down the blueprint for this, okay? When they came out, whatever it's been now, six or seven years ago, and decided new parts, new parts, new parts. They cycled new parts quicker than anybody out there, and they sell the old parts. Now, that's great for people that don't have a huge budget, you look at, I mean, Scott Palmer, just to pull a name out of the hat, okay? When Steve Torrance goes out and puts four runs or five runs on a set of cylinder heads, he now can sell those to Scott Palmer, who will get another 10 runs out of them. And Torrance goes buys new stuff. He, he's got some kind of return on investment for selling the old stuff. He buys new stuff. They can keep leaning on it. And you look at Scott Palmer, who doesn't have the budget that Torrance does, and he's able to stay out there. He's able to go to the races. He's able to do what he needs to do. Now, he doesn't go out there and run 365 every time because he's not trying to. He's doing what he can within his budget. So it's really good for the whole sport. The teams that can afford to do it and the teams that can cycle the new parts are normally going to run at the front, but they are also helping them. If there was no used parts out there, I can tell you at least six cars that wouldn't be there because they simply can't afford to go buy new blocks, new heads, new everything um, for every run down the racetrack. So the teams that can afford to do it, not only is it an advantage for them, but it's a huge advantage for the rest of the field and keeps a number of cars out there, you know, fighting a good fight as it were. Yeah. Tim said just a few minutes ago that he didn't buy a new set of cylinder heads for 10 years. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, that might seem shocking, but, you get in a groove, right? You get these, uh, you know, hardly used cylinder heads from one of the top teams. You go through, you do your deal, and he's used to running them. Now he's going to have new cylinder heads. Uh, I'm sure the same is true with engine blocks, and that gives him more options when and how to step on it, and that is true right through the field. Alan, anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to throw out there, uh, anything we didn't get to? I feel like we covered most of the news of the week with the big Tim Wilkerson, Joe Maynard, Maynard Wilkerson racing announcement being just blockbuster and chief among them. Yeah, I think that's, you know, there's a lot of good news that's coming out. There's a lot of good news that's still coming. You know, you and I both are inside enough that, you know, we hear some of the rumors and get kind of a leg up on some uh, that we're not allowed to share. But for fans, I can just tell you, keep paying attention because there's more good news coming. There's more announcements coming. And, you know, as we get closer and closer to Gainesville, we're going to start hearing more and more about it. Testing is going to fire up here pretty quick, I do believe. I understand there's going to be some teams uh, down in Florida, maybe as early as next week. 
Yes, yes. In a couple weeks, Southeastern Division 2 gets running in Orlando Speed World, all kinds of good stuff. Okay, how permanent is your camera location? Can you bring us closer to that Hemi? Like, people want to know. Can you, like, give us an up-close and personal tour of that thing? You know, people love to see it. What do you want to see? It's an iron Hemi. It's too far away, man. We want to see that supercharger. We want to get all in on it, is what we want to do, right? The WFO universe loves this stuff. All right, tell us about it, Alan. Look at that thing. It's a 426 Iron Hemi with an 871 supercharger on it. All right. Marvin Rodak is out there and he's cross-examining you. He wants to know who is the owner of the Hemi? <laughs> <laughs> is it just sitting in your shop or does it belong to Alan Reinhardt? It does not belong to Alan Reinhardt. It All is right. uh, here. Um, I'm just kind of looking it over for the gentleman that owns it. It's it's uh, the, the engine actually came out of a nostalgia funny car that is being rebuilt that is going to be a cackle car and it came by here so i can kind of like give it a once over and go through it and make sure everything uh, is as it needs to be so it can be a good cackle engine and create content for the wfo universe but, great job but it does it does look pretty cool sitting in front of my cooter doesn't it yes it does <laughs> it does it looks awesome alan great job Actually, interestingly enough yes interestingly enough when i went and picked it up yesterday i brought it to my shop we took it out of a 1970 Barracuda funny car. You know, you, you stage up the photograph, you know, you do some, uh, you do some social media stuff with that. Yeah. And you know, if, uh, if Don Schumacher wants to get a little bit more, a uh, little bit more publicity for at 1150, um, I could put one right there and just have it in the shot uh, every week from now until it goes into my car. So, you know, Chad, if you want to send me one or, you know, Don, if you want to put the rubber stamp on it, uh, uh, I believe you both got my address. I know for a fact you both have my phone number. I had a great conversation with Chad about this topic. I feel like it was at PRI. No, it was at SEMA, actually. And uh, I do think that will be great. We would definitely see it each week on WFO. It would get some mentions. Alan, great job as usual. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Always a pleasure. I'm going to get back to work on, uh, well, one of those projects behind me. I haven't figured out which one yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on it. Back to Verk. All right, Alan. There he goes. The voice of NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week here on WFO. All right, everybody, I want your comments. I want your thoughts. We got a couple of things on the table here today. Obviously, too fast, too tasty. The challenge that's going to be happening on Saturdays at the National Hot Rod Association Camping World Series event. What do you think? What's your take? Good thing, bad thing, challenges, issues. What do you see? What is your uh, deal? We didn't talk about it last week because they waited till after the show was off the air. Wilkerson and Maynard joining forces to go out there and make no mistake, try to win the championship. Joe Maynard said in the press conference goals, top three in points, both cars, multiple wins and make a run at the championship. You can never guarantee a championship, but you can make a run at it. And that's what they want to do. And honestly, that's what I would love to see them do as well. I want to remind everybody about a couple of things though. Obviously we've got a huge audience right now and thank you for checking out the show. Maybe it's your very first time. If it is, we do this every week. Me and Alan on Tuesdays, breaking down NHRA national events, talking about the news, taking comments from viewers. But we also do shows throughout the week. The best thing to do is subscribe on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, click the bell, never miss a show. Everybody out there on our page, on the book, the friend book, you can follow along that way as well. People on Twitter, you can follow that way as well. And of course, our WFORadio.com website. We do something special for people that are patrons of the show. And today we're going to do it again. It's a pro stock show called Hear It From Heiner. Michael Heiner answering questions from our WFO Patreons. What's a Patreon? Patreon is somebody that is like a VIP listener, a member of our listener club. And you go to patreon.com slash WFO radio and you pay a little monthly. You pay a little monthly, but you get access to watch Hear It From Heiner and ask Michael Heiner all kinds of questions about pro stock, cars, tech, his relationships with other drivers. It's really kind of interesting how it got out of control in that first week. I have been progressing on my own car. For those that don't know, we are working on Project 78, the Super Street Dream, and it's coming along. So stick with us on that. Got our own little build project going. It is great stuff and super excited. Without these people, the folks at Foggit, if you have a high-performance racing engine, you need to check out Foggit. At the end of the day, you got to spray it in your engine. It's as simple as that, and it protects at a microscopic level all those very 
highly engineered surfaces inside your cylinders. That is very important. Also, Marvin Rodak, if you're a coffee file, I know NHRA just made an announcement about their official coffee. The official coffee of WFO is Rodax. Rodax Coffee and Grills.com. This guy has been on television for his barbecue skills, and he's been roasting coffee fresh per your order since the 70s. It is amazing stuff. Some of the best in all the world. You're not going to get something equivalent in a vacuum-packed bag from the store. 817-924-6821. Call Marvin. Thinking about driving a dragster? I'm thinking about driving a dragster all the time. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. Go to frankhawley.com, and you can drive a dragster. You show up with nothing, and they run a whole program. You can even set up a race. It's great for corporate events. If you've got a group of people, a sales team, clients that you want to impress, you can set up a day at Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. And they travel all around the country, which is what makes it convenient. They come to you or close to you. Samtech.edu, this is one of the big ones that I love to talk about because I'm thinking about what Joe Maynard said. we got to replenish the energy in the sport. Well, the same is true in machining, crew guys, crew members, crew chiefing, all of that. And the guys that are coming up through Samtech, guys and girls, they know how to program CNC machines. They can go through an EFI class. Of course, they're approved to train veterans under the GI Bill. All of those things are possible at samtech.edu. Thanks to those guys for coming on board. Of course, Bernie Speed Shop. This is Josh Hart. He's going to have a big bounce back year. Top Fuel is going to be so tough. Oh, my gosh. The Nitro category. Everything is going to be so tough. But go to bernies.com, B-U-R-N-Y-Z-Z.com. And check out their inventory. They create muscle cars. They buy, they sell, they do consignment. But for me, I like to window shop and just check out their social media. You never know. Like with Reinhardt, right? He springs, just sees something he wants and he goes and gets it. Phillips Connect, smart trailer technology for those out there on the road with trucks and trailers. Phillips-connect.com. And if you've got a couple of trucks, couple of trailers, preferably a fleet, maybe even a hundred or more, you can email me, joe at wforadio.com. And I've been authorized to put you together with the folks at Phillips Connect. FTI Performance Transmissions and Torque Converters. This is a no-brainer for all those .90 racers, big money bracket racers, top dragster, top sportsman, monster trucks. If you got big power and you need a reliable transmission that repeats, FTIPerformance.com has got you covered. And finally, Total Seal Piston Rings, the leader in ring seal technology. This is Hartford and team over there. The Engine Performance Expo was amazing. It's available on YouTube. If you didn't see it, it was great stuff, great viewing. You'll learn a lot. But in the end, make Total Seal your first call, not your last call. All right, let's see what everybody's got to say. Let's see the bug barn out there. I'll go make another cup of Rodax after the show. Oh, Wraith 4. Hey, hey, ready for Zippy and the Sarge to be back. Yeah, this guy's excited. And the brain trust that Joe Maynard has kind of assembled all of a sudden, you've got Neff and those guys. You've got Phil Schuler staying on board. You've got Wilk now and Richard. Got to mention Richard Hartman and those guys. Like that all of a sudden combination of very smart people with a lot of experience. Where's that thing going to go? This guy says, bring back Miss NHRA to bring back some excitement. I disagree, Stan. I disagree. I'm against it. You want to hear why? You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's appropriate. Listen, with uh, back in the day when Miss NHRA and all that stuff was popular, it was a different universe now. Now we have Instagram. See, Jim says, uh, yes, hopefully I'll be able to get a cup of coffee at the track now. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, everybody is excited. The March start date this year stinks, says Stan. Stan, I think you're being negative. I think you're being negative. You got to look at it this way. That's that too, uh, Stan. Once we get started, we are pretty much going straight through. Like every other week, something like that. Yes, this little additional time is, I'm using it very wisely. I am getting prepared. For instance, tomorrow we're going to be having Wes Buck on the show, and Wes is going to be talking about the World Series of Pro Mod at Bradenton. This is one you're not going to want to miss. I know everybody is hyped about all different stuff in the world of drag racing, but this is the week before the Gator Nationals. It's in the state of Florida. It is in Bradenton Motorsports Park, and it's like a collection of the best of the best from all sanctions, including 
the National Hot Rod Association. Stevie Fass is working hard to get back on the track. Lyle Barnett is going to be involved in a big grudge race as well as the Eliminator. It is going to be great. And where else do you see like the best of the best from PDRA and NHRA and NMCA and Midwest Pro Mod all coming to the table to battle against each other? We're going to talk about it tomorrow, so don't miss that show. It is going to be fun, certainly. Scott's into it. This guy's in New Zealand. What's up, Conrad? We've got a very strong audience in Australia. Huge, huge. Saw the memorial for Sam Fennec. Very sad situation uh, to everybody down there in that part of the world. Obviously, we are all brothers and uh, feel terrible for you guys. Saw Sam's final run. And um, here it is for those that didn't get to see it. Just uh, terrible. Sam Fennec, obviously, they brought him down the racetrack and they made just kind of a final pass. And thank you to my friends in Australia for providing me with uh, the knowledge and the photos. And we really are all one thing, drag racing all around the world. It is uh, pretty amazing. All right, final comments. Hell of a show, thanks. Appreciate you, Jim. All right, guys, that's going to do it. The archive is loaded. Congratulations to Tim Wilkerson. Everybody loves Tim. It's a fact. Everybody loves Tim. I have not met somebody that's like, yeah, Wilkerson, he's a faker. I have never heard that at all. And uh, it's good that good things happen to good people. It's proof that you carry yourself the right way. You do things the right way. It will eventually come back to you. So congratulations, Tim. And I look forward to Tim Wilkerson running for a championship, going after it, leaning on it. And I think Hartman will keep him, uh, keep him on it. Richard Hartman is a great guy, too. Thanks to Alan Reinhardt and Joe Maynard and everybody who helped put this thing together. Uh, certainly. Very excited about NHRA 2023. Remember, hear it from Heiner. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash WFO radio. Become a VIP. Oh, and you get stuff. If you join for the year, I'm sending you a T-shirt. Everybody else gets stickers and a pen and a patch and all that stuff. So try to join the WFO VIP experience behind the scenes. It'll be a lot of fun, certainly for me. And everybody who supports the show on our social media, WFO Radio on Twitter, Facebook. But the channel on YT, that's where it's at. We're trying to grow that deal. All right, as we part ways, I'm going to leave you with these amazing photographs of Tim Wilkerson's new ride. Tim and Tony, TNT. Very exciting. I like to think about there having photo shoots and all the stuff that is happening behind the scenes to make one of these big announcements happen. Pretty amazing stuff. Again, tomorrow, West Buck. World Series of Pro Mod Preview. Will be joining us on WFO. Very excited about that. And if you're in the Orlando, Florida area, like anywhere near Orlando, NHRA's Southeastern Division is going to be beginning on Friday, February 3rd. I will be there. Third and the fourth that weekend. Come out to the track. Orlando Speed World Dragway. Ozzy Moya's track. Locals call it Bithlo. I really don't know what that means. I think that's the town. But come on out. See some of the best that the National Hot Rod Association has to offer. All right, guys, that's going to do it. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, hit the archive. Thanks to Alan. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to Tim. Thanks to Allie and everybody who helped put this thing together. NHRA 2023, getting better and better.